Welcome to the Collecting Wisdom podcast. Collecting Wisdom is a space where you'll find intimate conversations on life, yoga, philosophy, spirituality, healing, transformation, and what it's like to live on purpose. From those that I've personally met and have collected wisdom from on my own path as a teacher, a healer, and a guide for others. I'm Marissa Rose, and I will be your host on the Collecting Wisdom podcast. And I hope that you're able to soak up the wisdom that is shared in these episodes, that these words resonate with you, that they inspire you towards change, and that they encourage you and empower you in your own journey as a teacher, a healer, a coach, and a guide. Feel free to listen to this podcast when you're on a walk, cooking in your kitchen, one of my favorite places to listen to podcasts or driving in your car on a road trip somewhere that you love. I'm excited to be here with you and let's start this journey. All right. I am so excited to share this conversation with each of you with a teacher that I truly admire and get to take classes with almost weekly, Justin Riley. And Justin is on the podcast today for us to really have a conversation around what it's been like to be a yoga teacher for over a decade for each of us and to journey as teachers and studio owners and guides for students in this space of yoga and healing and wellness. And this conversation is so enlightening and juicy and and empowering because Justin is just one of those real as fuck kind of guys. Like what he says will resonate. What he shares in his own journey as a teacher is something that I think we all can benefit from being reminded of in our own unique ways. So Justin Riley is the owner and lead teacher at Yoga Rebellion. He has been married for 15 years to his beautiful wife, Erica. He is the father of twins, Nate and Jules, and he adores his dogs, Maximus and Coco, with an honorable mention to his cat, Paul, who doesn't like anyone but his daughter. He's a handstand addict. This is very true. A skateboarder for over 20 years, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belt, axe thrower, and lover of all things movement. Justin has been teaching in the South Jersey and Philadelphia area since 2011 and has also traveled all over the U.S. to teach workshops. He is a Lululemon ambassador, has been featured in Mantra Magazine, and co-headlined the Wanderlust Festival when it came to Philadelphia. He has a unique teaching style that empowers his students to have fun with their own practice, but also to soak in the wisdom of yoga that has helped to transform his own life. His classes are intense, creative, and very intelligently sequenced to progress the students through their personal yogic journey. He has a deep love of yoga philosophy and tries to convey that wisdom to his students so that it can have a positive impact on their life. If you come to his classes, be prepared to work hard, laugh, and hear some expletives. He prides himself on making Yoga Rebellion a place where students can come in and feel like they are at home. Yoga Rebellion is not a community, it's a family. 
And Justin, I am so honored to have you on the Collecting Wisdom podcast. I mentioned that I get to take your classes at your studio almost weekly. You've become a guide and a mentor for me in my own teaching and also in my own yoga practice. And you're also going to be a guest teacher for the eight-week advanced yoga teacher training that I am leading online starting in February for 200-hour certified yoga teachers to deepen and advance and find confidence in their own teaching. And your journey as a yoga teacher is something that I'm just truly excited to learn more about. You guys will hear this later in the podcast, but I have been taking Justin's classes um, over the past several months, but I've known Justin and his teaching since I was 19 years old. So it's full circle for me to be sitting here with Justin and to have a conversation. And I'd love to start there with your journey of becoming a yoga teacher. So yeah, dude, I'm so good you you asked me to even be a part of that training. That's pretty cool, man. I'm I'm very, very excited for it. And I just love teaching, man. I just love I, I love sharing and you know, mm-hmm. I've been doing it for a long time. So it's something that uh I absolutely love like making, not making new teachers, but just helping people on the path as I was helped, you know? So like we, like you asked, like what was like my story of like becoming a yoga teacher was, you know, I did martial arts since I was like 18. Like I was a skateboarder as a little kid Mm -hmm. and I love skateboarding. And then um, I got into martial arts because like who wouldn't want to like be Bruce Lee and like do all these cool moves and stuff like that. And uh, one of one of my best friends was the yoga teacher, John Vitt, who taught at Tiani Yoga. And he was teaching in like, you know, like he was teaching me stuff in like 1997 when we lived together, like long, long time ago. Like he was like super into it. He had no yoga teacher. He had no certification, but he had all these books and he was like trying to teach me yoga. And I was like, absolutely not. That shit is weird. I'm not doing it. And then, um, like I try, I did some stuff and I liked it. Like I would do like crow and plow and shoulder stand and just like all the folds and stuff. But I didn't know like warrior anything. Like I just like, I just, I really liked plow, um, shoulder stand and fish. Cause then I would like take Shavasana after it. And then I feel like I was like in a recliner, you know, like I would like lay on my floor in my bedroom and just feel like, Oh wow. Like, and then I would fall asleep. Um, So he was like the first like exposure that I had to yoga. And I lived with him for like a good 10 years, like on and off, like at different houses and stuff like that. And, you know, I knew his sister and his family. Um, And then we were living together, like me and my fiance, now wife, then she was my girlfriend. We were living above him and and this apartment. He had the bottom half and then we had the top half. And my girlfriend, fiance, now wife was going to yoga all the time and he was trying to get me to do yoga all the time but I was doing martial arts and I really liked like that I like that a lot Mm -hmm. more you know so I started doing yoga as like an accessory kind of like of a workout and I had all these Mm -hmm. DVDs and stuff I never went to a class right I had like Rodney DVDs like those guy DVDs of him like doing yoga in front of a waterfall (laughs) And I, and I loved him. I really, really did love him. But then he showed me this guy named Duncan Wong. And Duncan Wong was um, Madonna's yoga teacher, like that she brought on tour. Like before she started okay. doing Ashtanga yoga and stuff, like early 2000s, she brought this, this, this teacher on. He, did, he had this like martial arty kind of yoga style, which was really cool. And like 
but it was the first time I saw somebody press to a handstand. And I was like, Oh wait, I was like, this is yoga too. Like, this is really cool. Like I want to know more about that. So I bought his DVDs because he had this DVD set randomly. So I started doing his stuff, but I only did it at home. And then my wife started doing yoga all the time, right before we got married. So she was like going 6am classes all the time over mm-hmm. at Yana and Philly and Rittenhouse. And she was like, you would really like it. I was like, nah, I don't know. A few years later, I was just always resistant to it. Like absolutely a hundred percent resistant to it as most, unfortunately men are, you know, like, we're very mm-hmm. stubborn with it. And we think it's just bro you know, like we want to bro out. We just, we think it's like so more feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget what, like my kids were maybe a few months old and like, I wasn't able to go to martial arts. I wasn't able to skateboard. I wasn't able to do all the things that were like my self care. Like, mm. so, you know, John was like, just come to a yoga class. Like he, he, like, he's one of my best friends. He was like, just come to, he was trying to get me to go. And so I went and it was at their studio in old city. It was like a random Saturday in the winter. It was like a blizzard out. And I didn't think anybody was going to be there. And I had a drive from Jersey mm. and I was like, Oh, it's like a Saturday at eight thirty in the morning. Like no one's going to be at this class. <laughs> it was like 45 people deep, you know, like, mm-hmm. cause they, they don't have to drive anywhere. They all live in the city. So <laughs> I, for, I forgot my yoga mat. I forgot water. I was chewing gum the whole time I had on, like, there was no Lululemon then. Like I had on a pair of like Adidas, like fleece, swooshy pants yes. and like a t-shirt. <laughs> Dude, I was like dying half of the class, most of the class was in Sanskrit because it was an advanced class. So I had no idea what I was getting myself into. We were like mantras, ohms, like the whole thing. And at the end of that class, I felt better than I ever felt in my entire life. You know what I mean? Like I, like I walked out just like, Mm -hmm. like I've never been that balanced. Mm -hmm. Like I've never felt balanced like that in my life. And it was like snowing out. And I remember just like looking up and just like thinking like, oh my God, I want everybody I know to feel like this. Like, that's the only, like, wow. thought that I had, like, was just, I just wow. want everybody, everybody that I know to mm. just feel like I feel in this exact moment. And I don't know if it's like a, you know, I, 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 I liken it to like, you know, like God kind of talking to you like that, mm-hmm. like kind of like mm-hmm. aha moment. Like that was like my aha moment of like, wow, yeah. I need to do this more. And so I went home, I texted him. I was like, dude, that was amazing get like what books can I get like just tell me every book that I could buy about it and he was like come over later on and he gave me a bunch of books I was like cool then like a week later I went back and I took another class and I was like I want to I want to sign up for a yoga teacher training I was like right then and there I'm like I I, I want in but I was already like a martial arts instructor like I had already Mm -hmm. like been used to teaching like talking in front of groups of people so it wasn't like foreign to me or scary to me to like teach Um, but I was just like, man, I just want to, I just wanted to engulf myself in it. I just wanted to like, just mm. literally just dive into the deep end. So yeah, um, I signed up for a teacher training the week later. And then about a year later I graduated and was, I was teaching before I even graduated. So like my mm-hmm. training started in November and I started teaching in January and I didn't graduate <laughs> till March. Like I was like, like just took right to it. Like I just was yep. all in and. I remember everyone like bugging out about their, like their final teach. Like, you know, when you go through training, like everybody yeah. like that final teach, you're like, man, I got to kill it. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, we got to go. I have a class to teach later on. Like you guys got it. Like I got to, I got a 6 PM class. I got to get to. So like, let's hurry this shit up. Like I wasn't even, I wasn't mm-hmm. nervous about it or anything. Like it was, but it was a, a really, it was just crazy how it all just unfolded and just felt like so aligned. Like it didn't yeah. feel like, 
there was like, and my kids were like, I had twins, you know, like, and they were wow. maybe a year old. My mm-hmm. wife was like, what? You're going to go do a 200 hour <laughs> what? She was like, I'm going to kill you. That's what I'm going to do. Like, you can't be away from us for 200 hours. And I was like, I, you know, she actually, she was never resistant. She was completely behind me a thousand percent, but she was like, dude, you owe yeah. me. Like when you're home. The timing. Like, yeah. Like the timing couldn't be worse. So when you're home, like you're, you're doing shit. I, was like, I got you. Like no problem. So that's really wow. how I just started teaching. And I was like, the, the week that I graduated, I think I was teaching four classes a week by then. So like, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. It sounds like, well, I can relate to that feeling. Um, it's wild because I actually took one hot yoga class with yoga Nidra at the end. And I did the same thing. I was in college and I remember calling my dad and saying, can I borrow two grand? Like I have <laughs> to be a yoga teacher, you know, you yeah, just like, like money, what? calling like one yep. hour and you're like, I'm done. This will be the rest of my life. And I totally feel that. And for everybody listening, I actually used to take Justin's classes when I was 19. Um, So this was, you know, probably a year into my teaching journey, which was also very rapid. Took one class, signed up for teacher training, went all in. I was a junior in college. My life changed because of what was happening inside of me on my yoga mat that nobody was really speaking to back then, you know, but I, I, I like couldn't drink as much as I used to. I wanted different friends. I was prioritizing my time differently. Everything radically changed, but I didn't understand why. And I just kept on the path of yoga, but I found myself, you know, post-college back in Philadelphia and got to take your classes. And then now, you know, I was 19, now I'm 32 and I get to take your classes in studio (laughs) and everything that you're talking about, like the devotion and joy and love that you give in your classes is so felt. And it was just really cool to hear you say that that's like a feeling that you got from your practice when you first started, because I feel that being a student in your classes now, oh, cool. and it's how many years later, how long have 13, you been teaching for now? I've been teaching since uh, 2010, 2011, something around there, uh-huh. you know, like I forget yeah. exactly what year, but you know, 2010, 2011, I think I was teaching well before I graduated, unfortunately. <laughs> Which <laughs> is like a classic because I really was. I still have all my classes written. I still have them all. They're garbage. Uh-huh. I can't believe that I. I can't believe that anybody really enjoyed my classes technically. But, um, but to go back to like what you said about like my class, that makes me feel really good because that's all I've ever wanted people to feel is that yeah. like I get I give a shit. Like I actually really do care. Like I like I. Absolutely. You know, I, I might look one way and I might be a little bit um like outspoken and stuff like that but like genuinely when you're in my class like I just want you to feel good I really like I Mm -hmm. I care a lot about how I teach how I how I you know hold space for people and Mm -hmm. I just want them to know that like when they're in there like you're my world like for that hour Mm -hmm. like I'm not there for anything else but to make you feel like you're the most special like entity in the world and I'm trying to help Mm -hmm. like that's and I think that's what some teachers lack, unfortunately, is yeah. th- that aspect of it, you know? And that was and so the heart of why I, I always go back to that one story of like, I just want people to feel how I felt. Like, that's yes. it. Like, really, that, that, that's it. If, if I ever feel like, if I get like off track a little bit, because like, you know, from being a business owner, you get like pulled in all these different directions and you kind of sometimes lose sight of like why you got into it and it starts to Mm -hmm. become about money it starts to become about numbers it starts to become about teachers and students and retainment Mm -hmm. and like 
all these other like behind the scenes things that people don't understand happen. And whenever I get sucked into that, that's when my business does the worst. And whenever I go back to, I just want them to feel good and I just want to serve them. And I just want them to feel exactly how I felt that day. And my business miraculously gets better. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's mm-hmm. because it's, just, it's, it's my, it's, it's my unknowing like energy that I'm putting out. Sometimes I get a little thrown off, you know, like I'm, I'm a human being. I have bills just like everybody else does. And, you know, yeah. it's, unfortunately we live in a capitalist society. <laughs> totally. To pay, pay my shit. And like, sometimes you just get wrapped up and you forget like why, once I go back to why I got into it, it's awesome because then I'm just like, oh, it, it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. I totally, totally resonate with that. I fully resonate with that. Like for me, when I, fell in love with yoga. It was a space to really just be with myself. And I feel like that's been the through line of why I own actually a physical space and how important it is to me to create space for people to just be with themselves, because Mm -hmm. that's always just been hard for me. And movement has been a way for me to access those deeper layers of myself and specifically through the practice of yoga. So I'm curious because you've had such a longstanding career in the (laughs) yoga world and in the industry, and you own a studio now. Um, And a lot of the, you know, people who are listening to this podcast our teachers, our newer teachers are just getting started. I know at the Well Studio, we just finished our first yoga teacher training there and had 20 students graduate. And they're out in the Philadelphia area now and like trying to pave their own way. So can you like flash back to 12 years ago when you first started? Oh, yeah. And like, how did you make this a career for yourself? Because I also know what it's like to, you have to put in the effort, you know, your dedication, your passion will carry you. And you obviously are an incredibly gifted teacher, but also you have to be willing to put yourself out there. So I'd love for you to share what that's been like and how it's gotten you to where you are today as a studio owner. Well, it's, it was challenging. Like, you know, you know how hard it it can be, but my whole goal, like one thing about it is I was very single focused on what I wanted to do. Like, like when I decided I was going to be a yoga teacher, it wasn't so I could just be a part-time teacher like my goal was Mm -hmm. to be well one I had a job but I absolutely hate it and that was like like stealing like sucking the life out of me on a daily basis and I could tell that it wasn't going to be a place that I wanted to be in 10 years you know Mm -hmm. so like I knew from the time of me going in exactly what I wanted to do I wanted to be a full-time yoga teacher and that was one of the first things I asked John was just what do I got to do? And he's like, well, you know, you should typically teach like for two, three years. Maybe you build a big enough client base that you can start to, you know, teach at other studios and other places. And then you can teach X amount of classes. You teach workshops like that. They just, he just kind of laid out like a little bit of a formula for me. And so my single focus was, is to teach whenever anybody asked me to teach. If it was a free class for Lulu, if it was you know, I taught in their window in the summertime. I taught at the Piazza. I taught at Market Street or on Walnut. I taught free classes. I taught workshops. I started writing workshops. I like, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And anytime anybody wanted a sub, I was there. You know, like I busted my ass and I had two mm-hmm. kids and I had a 40 hour a week job and I had, a, I had all the stuff that would like prevent most people from doing it. And I just went, I will teach work ever you want me to be at. If you want me to be there, I will be there. Like I'll drive to Mullica Hill. I'll drive to wherever Philly, I'll drive to Morristown, New Jersey, like way up North. You want me to go wherever you want me to go, I'll go. 
And that's all I did. It was just work ethic. It was just, no, I'm showing up and I'm going to give you my best, you know? And this was also like pre-Instagram-ish too. Like it wasn't like, there wasn't a lot of social that you could use. I could use Facebook a little bit. Like my memories, like, dude, Mm -hmm. if you go into my Facebook memories 12 years ago, I'm pushing a class that I was teaching on Friday night. You know, like every single day, I am telling you where I'm at. Like, yes. I, I, I wanted people, I didn't care if it was my friends, my mom, my family, strangers, whoever, dude, whoever I could get in front of at any time, I would teach them for whatever they had, because mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do. And my whole goal was, I tell this to a lot of people, it's like, I wanted to, anytime that anybody brought up yoga in this area, they were going to say my name, mm-hmm. like in that sentence, like if someone mm-hmm. was like, Hey, you do yoga? Like, nah, you know, I don't do yoga, but I heard of this guy. Or like, oh, my friend goes to this. I want you, I want someone to say my name in that sentence because this is what I want to do for a living. So, like, Mm -hmm. putting yourself out there, it was a really challenging aspect of it for me. But once I did it and I got over imposter syndrome, once I got over who am I, like, all the arguments that we make of like why we won't do it. And I just was like, fuck it, I'm going all in. Mm. and you go you go all in on yourself then yeah. that you have to one you have to know exactly what you want out of it and two then you have to go all in onto it and that's it there's really no like because this is a really really tough industry this is not mm-hmm. an easy industry to be in by mm-hmm. any stretch of the and it's harder now after covid to Absolutely. to bounce back into it so it's like know exactly what you want do you want to just be like a part-time teacher have a regular job do you want to do like five other things do you want to like teach a few yoga classes? Do you want to do some Reiki? Reiki? Do you want to, you know, part-time bartend at, you know, whatever, whatever it is, like you got to really be super clear about Mm. your goals and then that's it. Make the decision and then just go for it. hundred percent. Can't not, or you'll fail. I've seen so (laughs) many people like go in. I've, I've wanted to quit like 400 times. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I still want to quit. Like weekly, I'm like, oh, I'll see a mailman. Like, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> but I go back to, no, you're just having a moment right now. You're just worried yeah. about some shit or whatever. You're you're not in your right head. This is what you love to do. This is yeah. what you're supposed to do. And it's not supposed to be easy. Don't think it's going to be easy. Don't think mm-hmm. it's just teaching three classes a week and you're going to make four grand. It's like, no, mm-hmm. my first year of teaching full time, I taught 17 classes a week, seven days a week for 365 days straight. And I taught three, I, three weekends out of the month. I booked workshops on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. And I made 18 grand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I busted yeah. my ass for like mm-hmm. barista money, like part-time Starbucks yes. barista money. And I, but you know what? I was happy as shit. I loved I every that. day. Yeah. I was like, I was, I was tired, but like every time I got in front of the class or anytime I got into the room, I was like, lit up like let's go yoga and that's how I knew that it was right for me and I was like okay Mm -hmm. if I can stick it out I'll be good and that's it I just just hung on for dear life (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's the best feeling when you're in alignment with that I resonate I actually used to teach like 18 to 24 classes a week when I was living in Southern California and I was like the happiest I've ever been and yeah. I was more energized because it was the right thing, even though that's yep. exhaustive driving all around Orange County, teaching at all different studios. You have multiple bosses at that point. Oh, yeah. You have all different types of clientele. You're like oh, busting your ass, ass like you talked about. 
but then you get to hear and you, you really get to like focus and streamline then what you love to do and how you love to do it. So tell me about owning a studio. Cause so me and Justin get to talk like after class sometimes. And I greatly enjoy it because we're both studio owners and we're like, Hey, what's up? Like, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'd love for other people to kind of be let into the conversations that we have. And I know you're also connected with other studio owners, you oh, know, totally, around yeah. your studio in Jersey. So I think it's helpful for teachers to, know the path of owning a studio and also to have honest conversations around how challenging it can be and how much perseverance and devotion it still takes, <laughs> even when yeah. you own a physical space. <laughs> yeah. Even when you're successful, it still works. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause people will say, Oh, you have a very successful studio. And like, mm-hmm. I don't see it as successful. <laughs> I see it as like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's making me a living. It, it, it is successful mm-hmm. because of like my definition of success. I'm living life on my terms right now. I'm able to, Mm -hmm. I don't need another job. I'm not like grasping at things to like hopefully pay my bills. But it's like, Mm -hmm. I I think as a, as a studio owner, it's not a hard path. You just got to really, you just kind of really want it, dude. And Mm -hmm. I like, I tell this story quite often to, to like my friends who are studio, who want to open studios because I've helped probably about seven people open yoga studios around here and like around because it's like, you know, a lot of my clients are yoga teachers already. Mm-hmm. And then they all like to, you know, this is definitely a natural path for most teachers who are like going all in and they're like, you know what? I don't want to drive around anymore. <laughs> you know, or they don't have that life. They just want to be a little more anchored because that was something I did. I traveled for a while and I hated it. Like I hated mm-hmm. flying out. I hated missing my family. I hated like these weird layovers and like, it was just, it was too taxing on my nervous system. It didn't sit well with me. I always just wanted my own spot. So like, for me, it's like, you just gotta be, you gotta figure out your strength. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like some people, like my strength is I can teach 15 classes a week and I'm good. My weakness is running a business. (laughs) My weakness (laughs) is behind the scenes stuff. Like I never opened a studio to become a business owner. I opened a studio so like people could, I could just be in one place every day and I didn't have to drive mm-hmm. to 30, you know? I didn't mm-hmm. want to, I didn't want to drive to Philly and then to fucking West Deptford and then to had like, I was over that shit. I just wanted to be in one yeah. place and I just wanted to be very easy to, be, to find me. And I don't have a schedule that's like 300 classes a week, you know? Like mm-hmm. I have, I have what I have and I'm sorry if I can't be there more, but that's my boundary. And like, I've done, yeah. like, you just have to figure out what you want. Cause I know plenty of people have studios who have seven classes a day and it works for them for where they're at yeah. for yeah. their demographic for, you know, summer, Farmville, wherever, like everybody has different, um, that can kind of fit in there right so yeah it's, it's, I feel a, that. It's, a, it's important to just know what you want out of the studio space if you're going to open one like be mm. once again clarity is clarity and knowing your strengths and then if you're not good at something bring somebody in who is good at that thing you know which is like dude yeah. you've inspired me a ton like I was talking to my wife last night about how you run your bit I'm like dude she's got like that's the, that's that's a great way to go about it because it's like it takes some of the heat I don't want to say the mm-hmm. heat off of you because you still own it but it's like it delegates some of that stress where you're like you can breathe a little bit right so you're not just like getting squoze every day by emails text messages mm-hmm. mind body fucking build <laughs> like everything it can be yeah heavy. 
Absolutely. No, I mean, I feel that so much. I know we've talked about this, that, you know, both you and I love teaching yoga. That's why we own yoga studios. But when you open a space, yes, you, you have to acknowledge what a, like you said, what you want to be doing like, what do you love teaching yoga? And then B, what are your weaknesses? That can be really humbling to know that you can't do it all. I feel like I've been humbled just over and over and over again. I've only had a studio for, (laughs) yeah, I've only been doing this for a year. I think you've been doing this for five, seven seven years. years. Yes. So you know what I'm talking about where you just get humbled. Yeah. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah. And like, uh, I didn't tell you the story though about, so I had, um, I was still teaching at Tiana and I was teaching in Haddonfield. And one of the reasons, one of the ways that I opened my studio was I always wanted a studio. I always wanted to open one. I even got the studio name like two years before I even opened the studio. Like I was like thinking about it for a long time. And I remember two of my students telling me that they were going to open a studio. And I was like, you got like, not, not that they couldn't, but I was just like, what the fuck dude like you're opening like you guys are opening a studio like you've been taking my classes for like a year like and i'm your teacher but like you're opening a studio and i want to open mm. a studio like what's not what's not happening here and it made me really reflect it made me like sit mm. and like reflect on it like okay well why are they doing it like granted they did have a little bit more like income than i had right like because it is about money like and mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we can't say it's about energy or fucking anything else it totally. is about money mm-hmm. at the beginning and i was like well they do have like they're a team they have a little bit more money mm-hmm. right like they have a little bit more exposure to that stuff and know how they're a little bit more business savvy than i am but i was just like they're just taking action and i'm not mm-hmm. i'm thinking about it all i'm doing is sitting and thinking about it and writing it down in a notebook they're like oh i want to do it and then they're like they go out and they did it and I was just like, that's the only difference is they, they took action and I didn't, I just sat back on my hands for two years mm-hmm. and I could have had the business even earlier, but everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And it inspired me, you know, like it really inspired, like yeah. I didn't look at them as like, like competition or like, like felt ill will towards them. I was like, oh my God, like my friends, my students who I love are doing this. I can mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I think, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. I think seeing that and other people and not being intimidated by that as like a yoga teacher who wants to get into this industry, like who wants to be a studio owner one day, there's no difference between you, me and anybody else who ever wants to do this. Totally. You know what I mean? Like all they have mm-hmm. to do is just believe in themselves and risk, risk it, sign your name, dude. Like go for it, like, <laughs> throw your money at somebody. That's all I did. I sold my motorcycle. I sold a bunch of stuff to get the, to get the uh, security deposit for my space. Mm-hmm. My landlord lovingly, thank God, gave me a chance because I didn't have really great credit. And he was just like, don't fuck me over. And I was mm-hmm. like, I won't. I won't. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like, you have my word. I won't. Mm-hmm. I will pay you exactly when you're supposed to be paid. I gave him more money than I had to in the beginning. I paid him mm-hmm. early every single month for years. And he was just like, all right, you're good. And it's like, yeah. you make good on those things and just put your money down and like, re, like, did you have to sacrifice this whole thing is sacrifice? And it's absolutely just, it to you. Like, no one's just going to be like, just dangle some keys in front of you and say, Hey, do you want to open a yoga studio? Like, it sounds <laughs> great, but the strings that are attached to it are stupid crazy. I'd rather do it on my terms. I want it on my terms. I don't want mm-hmm. anybody else to have a hand in the shit that I do or what mm-hmm. I say, or how I teach, because I've been offered, people have offered to like, do stuff with me. And I'm like, no, 
Yeah. I don't want, I don't want your money because then you have power over me and yeah. I want to do what I want to do. I have my yeah. own vision. Like you have your vision and you just want to buy in on my shit. Like you're yeah. using me, like mm-hmm. you're trying to get <laughs> right. something like I'm not stupid. Like I know anytime someone asks me some shit like that, I'm like, all right, what do you want? Like, okay. <laughs> like, all right, what is cool. it really? What do you yeah, exactly. Here? Let's not be coy. Like, just tell me exactly what you want, you know? So mm-hmm. I think if people are thinking about getting into it, you're a yoga teacher, definitely put your time in. Yeah. Teach, 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 because you know, if you don't like get out there, no one knows who you are. I'm not going to take your class. I'm not going to use, not going to go to your studio. Exactly. So like having a, having a good base is really, really important. And then just risk it, dude, just risk it. And if you fail, you fail. If you don't shit, at least you tried. Most people don't mm-hmm. try. They just sat and think like I did. How many people sat back like I did mm-hmm. thought about it and never Absolutely. actually did it. And it took 1, everything percent. in my power to do it. Like yeah. I, I, I was scared shitless to be like, it was like uprooting everything. Like my, my livelihood, my stability, like my, everything was like, holy shit, this is all on me now. But then I'm it's the best decision I ever made because since then I haven't worked, you know, like mm-hmm. technically like worked. Like every day I wake up, I'm like, oh, what do I do? I'm going to do some yoga today. Cool. Like, all right, sweet. <laughs> I got to do some emails and some shit. I got to make some, you know, I got to go to Canva and make, <laughs> make a little fucking Instagram <laughs> post or whatever. But like, really, it's like, I don't, I don't, I barely have a job. I love it. I tell people mm-hmm. like I am unemployable. Mm-hmm. My friend Jackie gave me that term. Is that I'm un- like we're, we're we're unemployable mm. because it's like I can never have a regular job again. No way, no way. I I totally <laughs> your facial expression totally said it all. You're like, you once you're in, like a ball yeah, yeah. you are not going back. I remember, I remember thinking, if I don't do this, somebody else will. And I Absolutely. also remember thinking, like I was made for this. And so that was yeah. me answering the call, like someone else will do this. And though I am the right person for this. And so I'm going to go all in, but those are pivotal moments and choices. I think that we make, I mean, yeah, I personally invested my personal savings into my business. I never took out a loan. I never took out a grant. I have no investors. I went all the way fucking in. Like I I don't want every single month. Anything else, dude. I want to like, that was one of the things too, is people were like, Oh, you won't make money for a year. I was like, I can't not make money. I have to make for me. I was like, I feel I was that. like, I, oh, I, feel I that. was like, no, I got. A, I'm like, I have a mortgage that I have to pay, mm-hmm. so I have to get paid immediately. So I'm not taking any loans out. I'm not doing anything extravagant that doesn't need to be there. Yes. I'm going to teach every single class. There isn't going to be another teacher until I can afford another teacher. And then when I could, I brought people on. And then when I could, I brought people on. And then whenever, as it grew, like I moved to a little bit of a bigger space, like six months after. I had opened and it was like, I found that perfect mm-hmm. little, the perfect amount of classes, space, students, everything, like everything mm-hmm. was just perfect. And it was like, I had maybe three to five teachers at the time. Cause I love teaching a lot. Like mm-hmm. I really do. I love when I'm there three times a day. I feel great by that last class. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I'm like teaching good by that last mm-hmm. class. So it's mm-hmm. like, I didn't mind if someone was like, I remember telling like one of my friends who owns a studio and she was like, how many classes a week do you teach? I was like 13. And she was like, what? Why do you <laughs> teach 13 classes? Like, why don't you have other people? I'm like, well, one, I, I, if I teach, I make money. So it's like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, and I love it. Like, I want to be around these people. Mm, like they're my friends. Yeah. They're like my family. Like they're mm. my community of people that I get to be around and I get to see. And I know about their kids and their marriages mm. and what, what's going on in their lives. And like, 
Like that's, I, I love that. I love that tribal yeah. like community aspect of it. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, as a business owner, it's just like, well, yeah. And I make the money that I make and I can pay my bills mm-hmm. and shit, dude, I get to do what I, this is what I've always wanted. Why would I like push it off to everybody else right mm-hmm. now? You know what I mean? Like, and I, mm-hmm. and everybody's different. Some teachers, some people just want to like teach three classes a week, do all the other mm-hmm. stuff. Cool. Do it. I hate doing all the other shit, man. I just want to like literally teach until I drop dead. Like, so I'm like sitting on yes. a couch with a stick, like just pointing at them, like this is a triangle pose, you know, like I just, I just want to be in there for, I love being in that room with people. I just, I just absolutely, that's my favorite part. And I think if like, you don't love that part of teaching then maybe you shouldn't be a DJ. <laughs> you should be, doing some other shit for sure for sure because it it is it's all about the relationship it's all about what's happening in that space for people and also outside of that space because we both know that yoga is changing you fundamentally on your mat and that carries outside of the classroom for sure and then you know people come back and that's actually you know I've been teaching yoga for almost 12 years now and I became a life coach shortly after teaching yoga because people would come to me off the mat and ask for life advice and you know oh it's God, stirring yeah. up so much in people um I'm curious the on... last podcast I was on. Go ahead. <laughs> really yeah I love that. kind of so go on what were you saying yeah, I, I would love to hear just your perspective, maybe from your own personal journey or what you've seen in your students um, of how, you know, yoga impacts not just the physical body, but also like the mental, emotional, spiritual bodies and like how we change fundamentally as human beings, because you talk about this in your classes um, a lot. Like you're, you do yeah. these awesome Dharma talks at the beginning of class. And then I noticed that you threaded in to Shavasana at the end. And it's, um, it's so relevant. You're always talking mm-hmm. about things that are real for you and therefore like real for the collective and what most of your students are probably feeling or resonate with. So what have you seen in your own life or in other people's lives, in your students' lives, as far as how yoga is impacting them outside of their physical practice? Immensely. Like I was talking to a student last night who like <laughs> lovingly said that I changed her life like for the better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's why I got into it. And it's like, it wasn't yeah. like I changed her life. I just like changed the lens that she was looking through. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she still was doing all the things that she was supposed to do in life. Like I didn't change the trajectory of her career. I didn't change the trajectory of her relationships. I just changed the lens that she was like viewing everything from to be a little bit different. Right. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can't tell you how many people I've told to quit their fucking job or to like, <laughs> like, like not that, not that they should take my advice, but it's just like, mm-hmm. when I look at my, the people who come in, I just want them to have a better quality of life. And I think that's what yoga is Mm -hmm. trying to do, right? So like from like the yoga science aspect of it, right? We're just trying Mm -hmm. to, it's like a self-help book. We're just trying to cut out the shit that's not supposed to be in our lives or try to get real like kind of like brutally honest with ourselves about impermanence, about relationships, about our ego, about what we want. And like just start to, I don't want to say we want to be critical about ourselves and about life, but we want to start to just, be conscious of what we're doing, conscious mm-hmm. of what we're eating, what we're saying, who we're, who we're relating to, who we're surrounding ourselves with, what we're listening to. Like every, mm-hmm. we start to, I'm just trying to make them realize that like everything kind of matters, but it doesn't matter. You know, like it's this weird mm-hmm. flip side of thing. Like, uh, like your relationship matters. Like how you yeah. think about yourself matters. 
right? Like mm-hmm. how you talk about yourself matters. Like, so I'm just trying to make them. And a lot of the stories that I'm telling is, is all because of my fuck up. Like it's all, <laughs> it's all stuff that I'm going through. Yeah. I tell them quite often, like anytime, any Dharma talk I'm giving you is just a reminder that I'm giving myself that I'm speaking out loud. And you guys are just in the room with me, you know, because it's just yeah. something that's, that's constantly in front of my field of vision that I'm maybe going through in my life or something that just mm-hmm. intuitively continually shows up. But you know, I just love the fact that I can try to make their lives a little bit better in some small way, mm-hmm. maybe through like through my, and through my words, it's not through triangle. It's not through warrior two. It's not through handstands. Like, yeah, this stuff's all cool and it makes mm-hmm. us feel strong and it makes us feel capable and confident. But I've always noticed it's the words that I, I've said that make people like come up to me after class and be like, thank you. Or like, tell me a week later, like, Hey, I'm taking this, job that I never thought that I would or you know I I was in uh, I was in an argument with my with my partner and you know I gave them some compassion when maybe I wouldn't have done that before and like all those little small things are like really really huge because it's like our lives are just the culmination of all those small little choices that we make and like every little one can like just move the needle to something better in our lives right mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I had this one I had this one guy who would take my classes all the time and he it was um, I taught this Friday night class and he was a motivational speaker and him and his wife and two of their friends would take my Friday night class in Haddonfield like every single Friday night because it was like a real pumped up like Friday night like party class. the vibe on Friday night is one vibe <laughs> you know what I mean like there's no it isn't like a yeah. Tuesday night where you're like what are we going to get on Tuesday night like is everybody happy or is everybody like kind of tired like you know what kind of like people are going to be in a Friday night class. It's like mm. six to seven thirty. They're going to go out after, and they're going to get after, right? <laughs> and he was a motivation. He was a motivational speaker, and he would they would drive like forty five minutes to take my class every Friday. Mm. And I remember talking to him after, and he was the, the sweetest guy, nicest guy. I've one of the nicest people I've ever met. And um, I asked him one time after class, I was like, "Why do you take my class, dude? Like you guys live so far away." And he's like, "I just want to hear you speak." He's like, I just want to hear what you have to say. And that was like the moment that I was like, oh, wait, like what I'm saying has a lot of like weight behind it, right? So I should be like, maybe I should try to be a little bit more discerning of what I'm saying. But he was, and I'm like, but you're a motivational speaker. Like why, like who am I to like say anything to motivate you? Like I'm just Mm. some kid from Pentalkin that like, (laughs) Like, I'm just like some skateboard, like in my brain, I'm just like some little skateboarder who just teaches yoga, you know? And he's just like, no, like what you're saying, like impacts me and my relationship Mm -hmm. with my wife. And like, it makes me, it reminds me to be a better person and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, and then I started realizing like through the things that you say, that's who you're going to have the biggest impact on people, right? Like, like Mm -hmm. validating them, holding space for them, caring about them, like giving a shit about them when they're in front of you, like. It just goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, you gotta care, man. Like, when they're there, yeah. just care about them. It's it's not really it's not, it's not mind blowing. Like when they come in, I just go I look at every single one of them. Like, all right, they're all here for the same purpose. They want me to teach them yoga class. I'm gonna teach them yoga class, and I'm gonna cheer them on, and I'm gonna be firm with them and expect things mm-hmm. from them. But I'm not gonna, you know, be mean or break them down or like try to smash their ego like fuck dude everyone's already broken and hurt anyway like I don't want to I don't want to hurt anybody I want everybody to feel good so it's like yeah I think as yoga teachers we have that awesome opportunity to 
like I don't I don't recommend trying to be a therapist unless you go through schooling, right? Or being a, a coach, like mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like what we know as yoga teachers, we become a de facto therapist. Mm-hmm. But if we just go back to the teachings of yoga, like that's why I always just go back to it and just go, hey man, this weird little book, you know, talks about it in this one mm. yoga sutra. And I'm just trying to give it to you, like how you can understand it. You yeah. know, like how to just be a better person, like how to be compassionate when people are really evil. It's like, well, you don't, you don't be compassionate mm. with them. You just mm. walk away. Like it's not mm. worth your stress. Or like if somebody's mm. really happy, be happy for them. <laughs> Wild, right? Like how many times has some, like, some, something really great has happened to somebody and somebody's been like, oh, fuck them. You know, yeah. and it's like, no, be happy for them. Like my students mm-hmm. who came up to me and said they were open in the studio. Like I was like, for a second, I was like, oh, wait, like, wait, why am I, ups- I shouldn't be upset about this. I should yeah. be extremely happy for them because they're mm-hmm. doing something amazing. So let's celebrate that. Like live, Absolutely. live those little tenants in that book. It's really, really easy. And you're good to go, you know? Yeah. No, I think um, it's so powerful to remember as yoga teachers that our words carry weight and have impact. And people, like, you know, people don't have that support or that perspective regularly in their lives. And that's why I think these conversations are so important. Why, you know, getting yourself into environments that are supportive for you are important. You know, why personally I own a studio so that people can come like a big part of what we do in our class at the well studio is share words that will inspire you and empower you and encourage you like, yes, physical practice, but I also hire leaders who can hold space at that caliber so that, you know, they're dealing with their own stuff outside of this practice and outside of their classes so that when they come in they can be like a voice of hope of inspiration of encouragement because that's ultimately what people need and we get to do that as yoga teachers with the layering of asana and the breath meditation all those other beautiful practices that are causing people to think and to change and to evolve and to shift but also our words are paramount they are so Uh, incredibly mm -hmm. important and people don't get enough of that they really don't know and uh, you know i know like in the in the emails that i was sending back and forth with kira she was like you know gave me a few things about you know like trainings that i've took mm-hmm. and stuff like that and that was like in something that one of the trainings that i took was like the power of your words man mm-hmm. like i didn't realize until like someone really like called me out on it and it was like yeah i had that instance with with my student who like said all those really nice things about the things that I say in my Dharma talks. And that was really amazing. And then like, I had somebody else like bring it up, like a really great, inspiring teacher that like changed my life. And that was like, you know, he's, he like likened it to uh, like squeezing out toothpaste. It's like your words, like once the toothpaste comes out, like you've ever tried to put toothpaste back in a tube, like it doesn't work (laughs) out. You know what I mean? Like once you squeeze it out, like, like he was really, really, blunt and he was just like relationships are ended with a sentence or a word wars are started mm-hmm. over a sentence like the whole your whole world can change in one sentence it talks about it in uh, one of my favorite books is the heart yoga where it talks about like one day you can be in in deep love with somebody and the next day you can't you're not like some things mm-hmm. just change like that and words can really really change somebody like it can just 
ding in your head and that's it. And your whole, your whole Mm -hmm. life has changed, you know? So like when Mm -hmm. I heard that, that like broke me, like that was like one thing from a training that like, when I came home, like I wept, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I cried, I cried to my Mm -hmm. wife. I apologized to her over and over again. Mm -hmm. And to my kids and to everybody in my life, I was just like, I'm sorry. Like, holy shit. I am so sorry that I didn't like take this more seriously. Not, not that I didn't take it seriously, but it's like, Sometimes we just say shit. Yeah, it comes out, and like you need to, you need to make sure that like what you're saying, like in a moment, is like the right thing to say because dude, you never know what can happen after that. I mean, you can say one thing, and then the person that you care about the most is gone from your life. Like that's heavy. So it's like mm-hmm. when we're in that room, yeah, we should be lighthearted and we should be happy and like promoting positivity and you know self awareness and all that stuff, but realizing that we do have these like really small moments and and when we're teaching to like give somebody something that like can sit with them that can maybe change their lens so that Mm -hmm. you know when they go home they look at the person that they're in a relationship with and they appreciate them Mm -hmm. and they're grateful for Mm -hmm. them or they or they show their kid compassion when they're really annoyed you know like all those like little things it's just it's not like this really big change in your life. It's these little things that are going to make the quality of your life rise up like a lot more. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the book, The Heart of Yoga. That's one of my all-time favorite I yoga books. I love that book. It just resonates with all of the ways that I teach and what I believe and how I, you know, um, train my teachers. It's actually the first book that I have all of my teacher trainees read. I freaking love that oh, book. Yeah. And I've never yeah. heard of anybody else love it as much as I do. hundred so percent. That's the first that. book that I tell anybody who wants to get into yoga. I'm like, read oh. this book. Like, yeah. don't get the yoga sutras. You won't understand that. We could talk about that later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you'll get it's through one of them. One. You'll read the first yoga sutra and be like, I don't get it. And you'll just throw it on the ground and you need somebody to help you out. But the Hari Yoga is like the first book that John gave me. And that's the first book that I give everybody. I love that book. I read it weekly. I can just open it up to any part Mm. and just start reading and feel like super inspired as soon as I read it, you know, and like it, it changed, it changed so much of me as a teacher, like Mm. reading it, like that's what really, I think helped my Dharma talks a lot too, because there's so much like. I did one the other day on Catherine Budig's website, like on that house of Phoenix mm-hmm. that I teach on. I literally was like teaching from that book pretty much. It was like, I was mm-hmm. talking about the clashes and like the afflictions and like, that's where I learned about it first was there. And it made so, it was like so easy to digest and to just understand that I was just like, Oh, holy shit. Most of my problems come because I'm, I'm just, I'm just misunderstanding people. Mm-hmm. Like how, how, like how small and innocuous it can be that like, I'm just having a misunderstanding with you. And that's why all that's where most of my problems end up coming from. If I like mm-hmm. dig deep, 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 deep down, it's just because I don't see what you're seeing right now. And I just have to sit and think for a moment instead of just yeah. being like ego attached, fearful, avoiding anything. Like, dude, I do all those things. Like humans do all <laughs> that shit, man. And they don't, all they, and like, I, I always tell the story about like my wife telling me to take the trash out. And I'm always, I used to just be like, why the fuck do I have to take the trash out? Like, you, why are you telling me to do it when you could have just done it at the time that it took you to come and tell me to do it? You like, because I'm like, I'm an only child. I'm super selfish. I had a single mom. So it's like, 
there's all these things that came into play where it's like, if you needed something done, you just did it yourself. I'm like independent mm. to a fault. So when someone mm. would, when she would, I remember like when we moved in together and she'd be like, aren't you going to take the trash out? I'm like, why the fuck would I take the trash out? Like, did you see it? And you didn't do it. But like, we would get into these like silly arguments about it. Right. We would get into these mm-hmm. really dumb arguments about it. And then like, after I read that, I was like, Oh, she just wants help. Mm-hmm. She's just asking me for help. Mm-hmm. It's not saying like, Justin, yeah. you're a lazy piece of shit. It's not like attacking my ego. It's not like, mm-hmm. Oh, you're not a man. Take, why don't you take the trash out? Or like, it's not some identity that I have as a garbage man. It's just like, she's just saying, Hey, can you help out right now mm-hmm. and take the trash out? Even if she's sitting on the couch, she still she still deserves help just like anybody else does. Yeah. And so now I just go, yeah, sure, no problem, I got it. Instead mm-hmm. of getting into a big argument about it, like, yeah, how many like little arguments? We could probably look back and think of like all these little arguments that we've gotten into that turn into big arguments mm-hmm. because all mm-hmm. we didn't do is just like understand where the other person was coming from for a moment and just take a step yeah. back and go, wait, do they need compassion now? Do they need help right now? Do I need to shut my stupid mouth right now? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, totally. like it's, it's, it's not that hard, you know, but when you understand those, when you start to dig into the philosophy of yoga more and more, it starts okay. to integrate into your life more and more. And you just go, Oh, life gets so much easier when you're, just trying to be understanding, just trying to help out, just trying to be of service, yeah. like all those, all those normal things. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I do personally just love how you thread that into all of your classes because, you know, Justin's classes are very um, physically challenging. Like there's time, yeah. what couple minutes every <laughs> class for handstands, for getting upside down and they're vigorous, but also um, so loving and thoughtfully designed. And that's something that I deeply care about as well as a teacher and that I'm a huge advocate for with yoga teachers is really intelligently sequencing your classes, um, holding space for intuition and for who is in the room, but also planning and preparing. And I'm curious, and maybe this is where we can kind of end today, but I'm curious um, what you're prepping and what your planning looks like for your classes because I think newer teachers would love to hear that and teachers that have been oh, around yeah. we can be re-inspired by that when we're like okay yeah. what am I doing again <laughs> yeah so I you know I, I teach a new class every single week I've written a new class every week for the last 13 years like without mm-hmm. a doubt even if I've really loved the class and didn't want to let go of it because I liked it so much and I got sometimes I get like really great feedback and I'm like oh man do I just do do I keep just doing this one for a little bit longer and every Sunday I go nope I gotta do it I gotta write a new one and like so I write a new class every single Sunday I have like a very simple ritual I'll either do it when I wake up in the morning I'll have coffee um I write notes through the week of like things that I either haven't done in a long time because I have such Mm -hmm. a big catalog of writing classes. I'm pretty blessed in that aspect. But like when I was a newer teacher, I would just like take like little um, like transitions that I really like, you know, and like Mm -hmm. I I sequence to a peak most of the time. So like my sequencing Mm -hmm. like is I kind of reverse engineer it. So I think about where I want the class to end and then I start to dissect whatever that is like anatomically, like what makes sense for the body to, you know, make that shape at the very end of the class. So like, say we're doing, um, we'll just say like half moon, like just to like yeah. be really blanket, like kind of mild yoga pose, like difficulty wise. If I was going to do a pose, like if I was going to do like half moon, I'd be like, okay, well, what are the shapes? Like what, what are ne- what's necessary to get somebody in like have their body be 
warmed up enough to get into that pose that it's easy, even though it's like mm. a difficult pose for people. So it's yeah. like, okay, well, like what shapes are making in it? So it's like triangle mm. pose is like an obvious shape, lots of side stuff, some balancing poses, you know, some things where, you know, a, a big toe hold where you're kind of like opening the body out, right? We want to like open ourselves mm-hmm. up, like hip opening stuff. And it's like, I just go, okay, well, I just take a few of those poses that I know are supposed to be in it. And then when I sequence it, I'll just sequence um, counter poses in it, obviously. So it's like, we'll Mm -hmm. do a pose that's like leading towards that. And then we'll counter pose that pose. And then I'll just slowly create like little sequences around it and then transitions. And that's when I can start to get creative. So it's like, I build a, a nice base of like, like, I don't really teach really crazy hard poses anymore it's more or less like variations of simple poses that i offer so it's like yeah we can have triangle pose and it's the easy pose but it's like well if i warmed up this and that and all this other stuff beforehand you can do it bound or you can do half moon bound when we get to Mm -hmm. it which is like one of the options i think this week is like a bound half moon which is like extremely difficult Mm-hmm. or you can just take a regular half moon with your hand on a block and your hand on your hip and it doesn't have to be too wild so i just try to take the anatomy of it first i'll think of the peak of like where i want the class to go and then i just reverse engineer all the anatomical stuff and then i start putting it in a like i guess like an order of like hardest or like easiest to hardest like i don't want people mm-hmm. to be like in something deep really early in class because we're not prepared so it's like yeah it's like these waves it's like we're slowly kind of like the first sequence is like a little baby wave. And then the second one is like this bigger one. And then the last one is like, okay, cool. And then we can come all the way back. So like, mm-hmm. you know, in my specific way of sequencing, like I call them evolutions because we do the, like, it's like the same sequence every time that slowly, mm-hmm. like the poses evolve to their next I don't want to say difficulty because that's relative, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. the poses start to evolve to their next form to be a little yeah. bit harder so like a gate pose like a kneeling side stretch a gate pose in the first round could be a triangle in the second round which can be mm-hmm. vishvamitrasana in the third round you know so it's like i slowly just okay. increase the difficulty of it's just a modification of the easiest poses to kind of go up because then their bodies are familiar with the shape and then also when they get to the last one they don't want to do it they have three other options beforehand that like they can go back to if they want and just kind of marinate. Like it makes it more, it makes the room have a little bit more freedom and it kind of takes, you know, it takes, I don't want to say it takes the pressure off me, but it gives more, it gives them more of a practice, like a personal, a personal relationship in that moment to the practice and not just doing exactly what I say. I'm, I'm asking them to make a choice for themselves and honor what their body wants. Right? Like, mm-hmm. does your body feel okay to do Vishwamitrasana right now? No? Okay. Well, yeah. let's do like a simple kneeling version of it. Let's go back to gate pose. Let's just do a lizard pose. Just do a side, like, do a side angle. Do something that's going to, mm-hmm. like, we've already gone through 10 poses that relate to that one. So you can just go back to it. You don't have to do it, right. you know? Like, so the sequencing is like, I love it. Like, that's my favorite part of yoga is like, because it's a story. <laughs> You get to tell a story every time you write a class. And it's like, sometimes my stories suck, unfortunately. And sometimes they're really great. Because it's like, you know, like, it's just like anything. Sometimes I, I write a class where I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. But luckily, I teach so much. Every single time I, I teach it, I can revise it. 
So like by Saturday, that class is like, it's dialed yes. in. Like it's, it's super dialed in. So it's like, if you take it on, if you take my Monday morning, 930 class, like, sorry. <laughs> like, I'm just like trying to figure some shit warm out. Up. But yeah, I'm just trying to see like what feels right, what flows right yeah. in my language. And my, my language and my cueing will get better as I yeah. teach it also. Like I'll get more efficient with how I, how I want to like move you guys by right. Friday, Saturday. So like by Saturday, I can literally do it in sleep. Usually Thursday is like my day where I'm like really on fire and I feel really, really good about it. But, you know, when it comes to sequencing, I just think you just got to make sure that you're doing it gotta be intelligent first like creativity yeah. sometimes creates like i've t- I've taken some creative classes fuck suck because it's like totally what are you doing yeah, to me like, what are you doing to my yeah. body like like why that mm-hmm. it goes back to caring it really it really goes back to yeah. caring about what you're doing because it mm-hmm. doesn't take a lot like i didn't have a great sequencing module in my teacher training i don't know about yours because for sure's <laughs> a really a really big sequencing module no, I, I had to continue my own training. I had to do advanced trainings to learn that and Absolutely. just take a lot of fucking yoga classes. Yep, just exactly. take a ton of a yoga ton. classes and love some and hate some and then figure it out. <laughs> yep. And I even told people, like, I would take classes, like, and I would ask the teacher, like, hey, do you mind if I bring a notebook in? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want you to think yes. I'm, like, stealing your shit. But, like, sometimes people would have really great transitions and really yeah. great cues or something. And I just, like, you know, I just need to jot it down real quick so I can like download that information into me. So mm-hmm. like when I go to teach, I can take a little piece of them because that's all we are as teachers is just like little bits and pieces of all the people who have inspired us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. I'm, I technically like, finally, I feel like I'm Justin, like when I teach, but mm-hmm. before it was like, people would be like, oh, you're just like a little John Bitt. Or like mm, a little Ragnarok, yeah. you know what I mean? Like people were like, yeah. oh, you just like kind of teach like Ragnarok or you teach like John mm-hmm. or you teach like mm-hmm. Liana or or Noel or Simon or whoever it is. And it's like, well, yeah, because I'm taking all their stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm literally, I'm literally taking some of the shit they do because right. it feels great in my body. It resonates mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. And you should. I tell people all the time, like, take my shit. Take it. Ugh, I love Go ahead so and take much. it. Yeah. Because guess what? Everybody never- needs it. <laughs> well, cause you're never going to teach it the way I teach it. No. You know, like if I gave you my sequence from this week, you would teach it how Marissa would teach it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it would still yeah. be the same class, but like the way you speak, the way that you hold space would be your unique way of doing it. So like they could take me teaching it and then you teaching it and it would be two totally different classes. You know, so it doesn't matter because you're the secret ingredient. You're the thing that makes mm-hmm. it special. Your teaching style is what, is what makes it you it makes it mm-hmm. it makes it special like it's your superpower is being you not being somebody else you know and like so yeah, yeah i told people all the time dude you can take my whole fucking class write it write it down i'll send it to you like i've literally had people like hey can you send me that sequence absolutely here you go fucking have at it go teach it i hope you know the language to it because it's challenging <laughs> like i hope you know how to cue that shit because it's not easy but like go for it you got it I love you gotta that. fumble your I words. You gotta like not know what you're doing and be like, ah, oh, left foot here, right. Oh, whoop, whoop. Okay, well, let me figure that out. That's yeah. all it is. It's fucking up over Absolutely. and over again. <laughs> totally. And I think no, it's just so refreshing and good. I think for you know people to know that that like that's how I got here was I just took a ton of yoga classes. Absolutely. I used to do Shiva Ray DVDs. I used to teach oh, my I mom in her, on her living room floor. I still have them. Oh my gosh. 
I don't know. Probably all of them. I was obsessed with Shiva Ray. <laughs> Sean Horn. Dude, I have like two of her training manuals. <laughs> yes. I two, dude, I, that's where like the waves come in. Like I love yes. that prana flow. Like that like resonated with me so much. Like reading Absolutely. her stuff and taking her class. I'm like, I have the biggest crush on this woman. Like the biggest crush. I still do. I still yeah. do. She can literally do anything. And I'm like enamored with her. Yeah like way of, of teaching like it's not mm-hmm. something I, I can never teach like her like ever but like right someone like that who's like so connected like to source and like i don't know like I'm just, i love her i absolutely love her that's really cool that you like her too dude i love her oh my god yeah she was probably like the, the first yoga teacher i just looked up to so much I had the DVDs where you could like kind of choose your own sequence too. You could be like, you know, you can kind yes, of like. <laughs> I remember those. I like remember those. Part. There was like all kinds yes. of cool stuff. Dude, I I love that. Definitely inspired yeah. the way that I sequence. Like, because she would do yeah. little baby sequences. It was like these little like slow builds, and it's like it's exactly mm-hmm. how I sequence my classes today. Is like you'll know, like when you take my class, it's a lot of like in out rebounding like energy goes this way energy goes this way energy goes this way and mm. like it's always kind of like flow. like i want that i tell teachers if you can't like if you want to be a flow teacher right like if you want to flow mm. around if you can't do it like breath to breath and like move through it yeah. and it feel good then it isn't going to feel good in other people's body so okay. it's like if you want reverse to here to there like feel like mm-hmm. i used to tell my teacher training he's like this isn't like the best advice, but I'm like, yo, man, just smoke like a little bit of weed and put on some really good music <laughs> and like, go. and just, and just Blow like play with it, play with how your body moves around and mm-hmm. just, or whatever relaxes you, like light some incense, get your diffuser going, get into mm-hmm. a really good headspace. If you have a sequence that you wrote, try it out, flow through it. Yeah. How does it feel? Like you have, like I'm every class that I wrote or every class that I write, I'll be doing it in my kitchen. I'll be doing it in any, any room to make sure. To this day, like I still am Absolutely. Like, questioning myself, like, wait, is this okay? <laughs> like, does this feel good? Like, what about this? And it's like, if you if it doesn't feel good for you, chances are it's not going to feel good for anybody else. So it's like, you need to give a shit. Mm-hmm. You need to care. Absolutely. You need to care. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm sitting in my office right now. My yoga mat just lays out because I'm constantly on my mat, off my mat, playing the music, setting up the beat, seeing how it feels. And then before I teach any class at the studio, I'm showing up early, like even Mm -hmm. before I have to open the door so I can set up the space. I laid on my yoga mat. I move through the most challenging part of my sequence that I am like trying to be most intentional about. I put the volume of the music at the cadence that I want. I turn on the song and I flow it out. I feel it first because I want to resonate. I want, I want to know how my students might feel. And I want to also, of course, make sure that it feels good and that it makes sense. And then you can speak to it even better, right? Like you, you start to connect with that sequence on a a better level Mm -hmm. so that when you are like Mm -hmm. telling them, it's like, you're feeling what they're, you're having a communal experience. Like everybody's having, like even you as a teacher, you're like, oh yeah. You're like, this is, this is the part. Like I know this part. I feel this part. I feel Mm -hmm. this with you because they don't want to feel separate from you. They want to feel connected with you. You know, and some people who just like sit back and just, just verbalize everything and not saying you need to move, not saying as a teacher, you need to move around. You need to have your yoga mat out or anything. Like, I think everybody should teach how they want to teach, but I know that like, if I'm 
kind of in there with them, it makes mm-hmm. everybody happier, right? Like I'm not practicing yes. the whole time I'm teaching, but like mm-hmm. if everybody's in a side angle and I'm in a side angle, we're all in mm-hmm. Sandasana and like kind of moving around. It's like, we're all sharing the experience together, right? Instead of yeah. me being like outside of that experience and observing it, which is beautiful. You just come as a yoga teacher, you're just coming in and out of it. Like yeah, I'm being in totally. it, I'm moving with you guys. Then I'm stepping out. I'm observing. I'm watching how the mood, the the mood of the room mm-hmm. is. I'm watching just moving around, and then it it just makes the whole experience start. You want them. My teacher Ragnar always said it didn't matter where the studio is. It could be in between a Dunkin' Donuts and a Subway and a mall. You get to create the room. You're creating mm-hmm. the vibe of the space, mm-hmm. no matter where you are. Right. So mm-hmm. like when you're in there. You control that, like control, quote unquote, control the space and like mm-hmm. be in it and set what you want, like make it how you want it to be. It can be, like I said, in between those two things and you can turn mm. into the most spiritual place in the mall, you know, in that, in that moment, like in that moment, you can turn it into whatever you want to. It doesn't matter where it is. Shit, I taught in a field for five months during COVID and it was like... Mm-hmm the best five months ever dude we had so many amazing classes in a field with wasps and bugs and tree trimmers and flowers and dogs walking by and people loved it they would just be laying in shavasana in the sun on this bumpy ground on the dirt and they loved it so it doesn't matter Mm. like it doesn't matter what the space is it's it's you it's you creating the environment that you want and holding that space Mm -hmm. so it's like every day wherever and that's what really showed me it didn't matter where I was it didn't matter if I was in Hatterfield or Philly or if I was in Haddon Heights or Collingswood or wherever the fuck I was it just mattered that I was there and they were there and if we were all there together everything's going to be fine right we're going to hold space for each other we're going to have a really great environment no matter what's trying to distract us away it didn't matter like, yeah, it didn't what? matter if there was a trash truck, like, mm. <laughs> like, like it's which happens. But it's, oh yeah, I can only imagine in the city. It's like you're hearing all kinds yeah. of crazy <laughs> shit, like jackhammers going off all day, like all kinds of wild stuff. And it just goes to show you, it doesn't matter. You're creating exactly. space. Yeah. Exactly. Now I love this conversation. I remember um, a, a couple of months ago, Lou Lemon hired me to teach yoga to some of their leaders, and it was in a ballroom, and I knew okay. I'm going to be teaching yoga in a ballroom. How can I create a space that feels comfortable for me to teach to, you know, and also um, really drops people in with themselves because they're coming off of a long retreat day. They've probably eaten a bunch of like ballroom type food. And now they're going to be doing (laughs) yoga on a ballroom floor. Like, let's just be honest. This is what the situation is. And I remember I brought incense. I actually got my car and then I turned back around. I said, I'm bringing incense. And it was so uncomfortable for me to be like, can I light up this incense in this ballroom right now? And they were like, yes, go for it. And I just remember like how important that felt for me to be able to like carry who I am as a teacher and the environment that I'm committed to creating, no matter where I am or who I'm with, or, you know, what the the students on their mat, like think they may or may not get out of it, that like I'm showing up and creating a space for people where I know that like I'm bringing what I want and what, what they will need and meeting them yeah. there. And I fully agree with that. I think sometimes it's harder than others. Like when the trash truck is going by, but at the same time, yeah. like, what is this? really about um and I think as teachers we we absolutely do influence that like going back to our conversation about the words that you speak the environment that you create also impacts and influences too 
oh, it's super important. And I remember mm -hmm. those months, like one of the things was we didn't have music. Like I didn't play mm -hmm. music for five months. Mm -hmm. So then when we got back into the studio, I was just like, man, I don't know if I want to play any music because it was like so peaceful. We were also outside yeah. and there's like birds chirping. Yeah. And, like It's all those nature sounds. So it was like really beautiful. Um, but that is one of the reasons why like I kind of changed the, the music that I have. I just put on some Spotify yoga beats playlist and just kind of roll with it. And everyone's like, what the mm -hmm. fuck, dude? Like I want to hear like the old music. And I'm like, nah, dude, like we went five months outside. Yeah. We had no music and we had the best experience. Like just, mm. just being like, you're just being like, it doesn't matter. Like that doesn't yeah. matter. Like, totally. and actually what I play in Shavasana is actually Shiva Ray. <laughs> oh, freaking love that. Would love that song. You do get to create it and it doesn't matter, you know, what you have, what you don't have. And, you know, mm -hmm. just, I, I love that you did bring incense into that space because no, because then they smell that and they go, it drops mm -hmm. them right in and they're just like, totally. Right, exactly. right in and it doesn't matter what's going on. They're just like, oh, yoga. Let's go. Yes. And then they get like right into them. They hear your voice and they smell that. And they're like, oh, cool. She's going to take care of us. Let's go. Totally. Doesn't totally. matter if there's giant totally. chand crystal chandeliers in <laughs> 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 the ballroom. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. Um, okay. I could talk about yoga and I know, teaching we, forever. Um, apparently we can, I, yeah. <laughs> wish I could come to your class tomorrow. I have an acupuncture appointment, but I'll be there next Thursday. And I would love... Cool. For you to just share where everybody can find you on Instagram, where your studio is at, any workshops, any of some trainings coming up. So give us a lowdown. Cool. So you can find me, obviously, the Tattooed Yogi on Instagram and my yoga studio, Yoga Rebellion, New Jersey. Um, I have a studio in New Jersey named Yoga Rebellion at, in Collingswood, right over the Paco. So if you're a Philly homie, you can just hop on Paco, get up mm -hmm. in the Collingswood stop, walk two blocks, and you're right there. Mm -hmm. um, sign up online because that's get sold out really, really quick because it's a very mm -hmm. small room. <laughs> very, very small room. I'm doing a training. I'm doing a flight club this Saturday if you want to come by. It's uh, from 10 to 11. It's just handstands. Um, okay. And then I'm doing a training November 19th, 20th. Uh, it's on sequencing. It's on Dharma Talks, Philosophy some cueing and stuff like that. All those things that make you a good yoga teacher. I think like standing in a room, being a yoga teacher, that aspect of it. Um, and other than that, we just hold a bunch of other fun trainings in the studio. Carlina does a lot of my, a lot of the other more energetic uh, like stuff. She's, she's amazing. Um, but yeah, just come and take a class. Dude. That's all I love to do. I just love teaching a good old fashioned hour long yoga class mm -hmm. and have fun. <laughs> Yes. And they are well worth driving over to New Jersey for getting there however you want. Um, highly recommend. Collingwood is such a cute oh, space. So I cute. genuinely love getting out of the city and like being in the suburbs. It always feels really good for me. Um, all so, that yeah. green and all those yes, all the yeah, trees awesome. and the parks. I'm like in my glory, in my element. Um, so yeah, go check out Justin's classes. You seem to do a lot of training. So, you know, check out his website, get on his Instagram. Yep. His Instagram is awesome. Um, the tattooed Yogi, and we will link everything for you guys. Um, but thank you. And thanks for being a source of inspiration for me. I am like deeply fulfilled truly by your classes. And it's um, really incredible that, you know, you have a space. I appreciate you for that because it's, it's been giving me life and my teaching and my practice again. So. Well, that's so sweet of you to say. I really appreciate it. And I'm very honored that you spend time with me and practice with me because I know you care about your practice and I know you care about yoga. And like that to me is more, um, I don't want to say like justification or anything like that, but it's, va it's validation that like what I'm doing like actually does matter. Mm -hmm. And like, it is 
is what I should be doing because you're the type of person that I love to have that actually that really cares about their practice and you know like I love everybody who walks in but when someone like you comes in it really makes me feel special and I just want want to thank you for you know coming over and practicing with me and I'm very very grateful for you being like a student of mine and a friend of mine and a peer of mine and just thank you so much I'm, I'm super grateful for you Marie. thank you I personally love hearing from each of you in my DMs about how these conversations are landing for you, what is resonating and the changes that you're making as a result of the wisdom that you're hearing from each of these episodes. So send me a message on Instagram at Marissa Rose Nash and let's connect. There are so many ways that you can stay connected with this work that I'm reading through the Well Studio. And I wanted to invite you into the offerings that we have coming up this year for teachers, aspiring teachers, and leaders. In January, you can be a part of the Pathway, a nine-month immersion that I'll be leading for leaders, healers, coaches, and female CEOs. This will be a consistent container for guidance and support for those of you who are wanting to deepen and to scale in your journey as a leader. In February, our weekend intensive 25-hour advanced yoga teacher training at the Well Studio will be starting and you can learn from myself and Justin Riley about the energetics of yoga, intelligent sequencing, yoga philosophy, energy and anatomy, developing your personal teaching style, and more. And in March, our 200-hour yoga teacher training starts, and this is our in-studio training for those of you who live in the Philadelphia area. We start in March and meet every Wednesday night for six months, in addition to four weekend intensives. This will be led by myself and a team of incredible teachers from across the U.S. that will be guiding you in how to become a yoga teacher. And our 300-hour yoga teacher training is coming up in October. 2023 and all of our details for each of our offerings to support yourself in your journey as a student and a teacher and a guide can be found at www.thewellstudio.org and www.marissarosenash.com. I will see you soon and I can't wait for the next episode.